Hi, and welcome to the PhD Talk podcast. I am Eva, a civil engineering professor and blogger on the side. And I'm Rico, a PhD student in civil engineering. Join us on this podcast in which we discuss all topics related to PhD life, research mechanics, and lived experiences. There will be interviews and discussions with guest researchers and PhD students. We hope you stick around with us on the PhD Talk podcast. Welcome to episode 11 of the PhD Talk podcast. Today, we are going to talk about writing habits. Now, uh, for many PhD students and as we will discuss as well for master's students, writing habits are super important and they remain important uh, at every level of the academic career. So for me, they're still an important element of my uh, day-to-day academic work. So today we're going to talk about our best advice and lessons learned with respect to writing habits. So uh, Ava, we were talking a little bit earlier and uh, you were mentioning how your writing habits have uh, changed over the years. And so could you expand on that? What has changed exactly and how have you adapted to fit you know, different goals? Sure. So I, I have uh, worked on my writing habits over the past, uh, well, many years by now. It, it started during my PhD. And at that point, uh, when I had to write um, something like, a conference paper, I would just set aside two or three days uh, to to write that paper. I, I didn't have such a tight schedule, so I just could you know, free up a day, especially if I didn't have work in the lab. I could free up a few days and get the writing done. And um, I must backtrack there and say that for every series of experiments that I did, I always wrote a report, a measurement report, as well as an analysis report. And those are the typical deliverables that we give to the funding organization. So I did have already like the habit of writing things out in reports and documenting my work. And then it was kind of easy to pull things together into those conference papers. Now that kind of changed when I started writing my thesis. Um, I started writing my thesis actually about a year and a half before my contract ended and before I was uh, supposed to graduate. And I started very slowly. I started just, you know, fleshing out my research question better and and writing my introduction to have all the thoughts grouped and to to better delineate my topic. And I I did that about one and a half years before I was set to graduate. And because I was still so busy in the lab at the time, I actually wrote in the evenings. So after dinner and then on on the weekends you had to find the time in amongst the rest of your schedule yes because i I, my entire day would be lab and then you know just reporting my findings in 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 the uh the reports and and uh replying to certain questions from from the funding organization then it was difficult to really find a slot of time during the day to write. But I also knew that if I would wait until that time would come, I, I would have to wait for a long time. So you're, you're obliged to find the time basically. Did you find it difficult to stay motivated during that time? Like now we're talking about in the evenings after a day in the lab, which can be pretty strenuous. Did, did you have any problems with uh, discipline or motivation? I think at that point it helped that I would really do it after dinner. And so I would, uh, you know, go home after the lab uh, 
not too late, sometimes do groceries, then cook and eat and hang out a little bit with my homemates at the time. And then I would get to it. So by the time I would have had a, a nice and long break and I would really just focus on something very small, one or two paragraphs and just to, to build the momentum. Well, if I could just press you for specifics to that, like what amount of time are we talking about? Like you're saying one or two paragraphs, that's you know, an hour, an hour and a half type of thing? Yeah, about an hour. Okay. So that's very different from my experience uh, writing my master's thesis, because of course, I haven't really started on my PhD thesis yet, only the very preliminary stuff. Um, but my master's thesis, I sort of didn't have that, that discipline or that structure when I started out. Uh, and that's completely my fault. I think I underestimated um, the amount of work and sort of the the struggles that writing uh, entails. And so because of that, I waited until uh, basically all my coursework requirements were finished and then my all my lab work was done as well before I really started writing. So that was a mistake. So then basically what happened is we came to basically, I think it was February, I want to say it was 2018 when I started my master's thesis. And I, you know, just kind of sat down on that day. Now, you know, we had gone through the holidays and everything and I was like, okay, Let's get writing on this master's thesis. <laughs> Let's get it done. <laughs> Let's get it done. You know, and thinking, uh, okay, great. So this is going to be, you know, a month or, or something, a process. You know, if I can write unrealistic amounts of words per day, I had the goal, I think it was like, you know, 500 words or 750 words a day. I found that unattainable for, for myself. I think I mm. maybe I didn't have the, um, the discipline at that time or I wasn't structured enough to to do that so anyway it took me basically from basically six months i think from uh, from february to uh in the, the middle of the summer june or july to really finish up the first draft um and a lot of weeks in that time i accomplished uh, very little i'll say and i think the reason for that or what i attribute that to is the fact that i didn't have realistic goals in mind it was sort of let's just start writing you know willy-nilly like starting on the first page and let's, you know, start with the introduction, end with a conclusion. And um, yeah, so that really was a, was a real struggle for me. And it affected, I think, definitely my mental health uh, in terms of, you know, like you sort of feel like, uh, like you're failing when you're in this process and you go through a whole day and you're easily distracted and you don't get things done. I learned a lot from that and I'm taking that forward into my PhD. And I'll just talk a little bit about what I, what I, learned from this process and what I reflected on after I was all done and the master's thesis was submitted. So first of all, the, the master's thesis, I know it varies between uh, universities. The one that I wrote is uh, about 110 pages, you know, with all the figures and all that. So it was pretty substantial, not as substantial as a PhD thesis, but somewhere uh, in that range. And I think the uh, takeaways that I took from that process was definitely that it can be a lonely process, right? So it's important during that process, at least for me, to, to stay connected with, with other people. You know, I sort of cut off from the rest of the university when I was writing the thesis. So I stayed home. Uh, I didn't really go into the office very much. I, I sort of fell off the map. And I think that was a big mistake. But what I'm going to do going forward is stay connected with other people. I have graduate student friends and I definitely want to stay connected with them to see how they're doing and, you know, use their successes and failures to learn from and to motivate myself. 
I think that that's a quite common story. And um, what we do at in Delft for our, our master thesis students is actually we request them to write, for example, when they have their first meeting with their committee. And it's a it's a bit different from your system because all our master students are supervised by a committee, uh, which is at least uh, I think at least three supervisors, three to four. So the, the first meeting with the full committee would be a kickoff, and then they already have to have written like a research proposal and a planning. And at every meeting, they're expected to bring, for example, the introduction chapter or the literature review chapter to keep that momentum going because we know that that it's, it gets very hard to write everything when time starts to run out. Yeah, and I think that's a very good system. And I would love to see uh, McGill and other universities implement that. And I think the other thing that affected this is uh, maybe being in engineering and having, you know, studying engineering, you don't write a lot um, as part of your degree. And so, you know, coming into, you know, it's like all of a sudden you have to write an entire thesis and you've never you haven't built up the skills that are required to, to be able to do that. Yeah, actually, when I when I did my master's, my second master's at, at Georgia Tech, I took a course during my second semester on writing and presenting. And I, I actually took it because I thought it would be like an easy win. Uh, and sure. it was not because I struggled then really with, you know, writing to a blank page, trying to explain uh some concepts in, in lay language. So at that point, I found that really difficult, but I learned so much from that class that I, I think it was very valuable taking taking that opportunity. Yeah, and was that, so that was, a, it wasn't a required course, you took it, you volunteered for it basically. Yeah, actually in my case, because I already had the, the master's from, from University of Brussels, I could pretty much pick and choose all the courses. So I, I just put all electives together to, to make my package. I think that's, that was a smart move on your part, even though it ended up being a challenging course. Because <laughs> um, I know I could have used that. I mean, I'm a pretty good writer. I mean, um, I read a lot as a kid. I continue to read a lot. I think that's important to, to being a good writer and finding the, the correct words. So I kind of knew when a sentence or when a paragraph was well-structured and made sense and conveyed the point. It was just sitting there, like you said, and in front of a blank page or a blank computer screen, and getting the information down. That was a, a real struggle for me. As a non-native speaker of English, for me, it, it did take adjusting to the language to write in English, in technical English. Yeah, I can imagine. I, and I know a lot of uh, a lot of my friends are, you know, English is their second, third or fourth language. And so I, uh, I commiserate with, uh, with them. And uh, I'm also required sometimes to write in French. And that's my second language. And of course, you know, speaking is okay, but writing is always more difficult, particularly in French. Um, and so uh, I can I can relate to that. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to share my, my struggles here just so that um, it can help students that are maybe nearing that part of their process in, in either their master's or their PhD and, uh, you know, putting up warning signs so that they don't fall into the same traps that I did. And, and what helped you to you know, get out of the, the dark tunnel and, and see the light again. I think, um, you know, and you alluded to this earlier, but it, it would end up being a matter of just getting the ball rolling. So once you've built up some momentum, and I see this because I've, I've kept track of like the words I would write per day. And it really, it's almost like a, an exponential curve because like, you know, you start off and it's like, oh, wow, I got, I wrote a hundred words today, you know, or you know, it's not about the word count, but it's an easy metric to, to keep track of, right? Mm -hmm. 
an easy number to to have written down. And you can really see how like <laughs> it started off very slowly and then it built up. And by the end, it was like, you know, I had days where I was writing like those thousand words a day. So I think that's what got me out of it. But, you know, that was almost luck rather than effort on my end. If I could give some advice just to finish off uh, this section, it would be um, make an effort to get to campus. If you're writing from home, uh, make an effort to actually go somewhere, get up, you know, get, get dressed, uh, wear your nice-ish clothes and stay in contact with people, including, of course, your supervisor or your committee. And um, the other thing is keep track of your writing metrics, you know, whether that's um, could be like myself, word count or whatever you want to keep track of and set yourself like micro goals or daily goals related to those metrics and then stick to them. That's what ended up working at the end for me. And it took me a while to figure that out. As a, as a side note to that, I still track my, my word counts. I, I use the, the, the PhD-o-meter, uh, which was, I don't know if it's, uh, it, if it's still on the website of PhD to Published. It's a, a, a tiny little tool that just runs in the background and it tracks the words that you write and you can put on, it on different projects. I just let mine run during the day and put on the tally at the end of the day. Oh, okay. That's a very useful tool. I, I just kept track um, literally in, in, in the Word document. Um, and that's another thing, even now, uh, Word is not the way to do this. I don't know if you use LaTeX at all. I don't. It's written LaTeX, but I think it's pronounced LaTeX. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that just is a, is a better, it takes a little bit of learning, but it's just better in terms of uh, keeping things organized in your Word document, especially if you have a lot of figures. It definitely makes things look much cleaner. It just I've never got to the point that I motivate myself to learn it. It's, I know that it has this little bit of learning curve in the beginning, and I'm just too too lazy to to get over that learning curve. Well, I mean, you know, it depends on how uh, how busy you are. You know? Yeah, and I think I'm the same with. I, I know a lot of people use and recommend Scrivener. I hope I pronounce that correctly for writing books and and thesis. Uh, because it, it helps to see the structure much better. But I've never really felt that need to, to change. I'm, I think I'm just fine with Microsoft Word, even with all the flaws that it has. Yeah, and, you know, sometimes the, the best tool is the one that you're most comfortable with. You know, there's no point in changing. It's like programming languages. I mean, the average engineering student, especially or particularly civil engineering students, whatever they need to do, I think all the programming languages are pretty much equal. Like, uh, you know, whether you use MATLAB or Python, find one and, and learn it, you know? <sighs> so if that was cathartic, I got my, um, got that off my chest with the master's thesis. Yeah. Um, so let's go back to, to talking about um, your writing habits, Ava, and sure. how have they changed over the years? So you spoke about the PhD, but... Mm -hmm. And I, I think as a side note, what really helped me during the PhD is that I had started blogging at the end of my first year. And I started that at the same time as I, I was reading other blogs. So I kind of knew from reading the experiences of others what was coming. So then that helped me to say, okay, I better start on time. Because it, it's not then one of my you know colleagues or my supervisor said, they were pretty relaxed about it. Like, you figure it out. Like, everybody does whatever they, or in the way they would like to do it. And so it was not that there was pressure from my supervisor to start writing, but I kind of saw the advice there and I was like, well, I better get my gears spinning here. Well, I hope this podcast does the same for 
some other PhD candidate down the road when they start writing, they listen to this podcast and they say, Eva and Rico warned me. So <laughs> it started as early as you can. Yeah. And, and along those lines, write down your ideas in, in reports and small documents so you have material to pull from. So you don't have to start from that blank white introduction page on three months before the end of, uh, of your PhD contract. Yeah, many, many reports uh, throughout the process. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We were at you finishing off your PhD thesis and then, um, you know, working a lot on that or at night and on the weekends. And uh, what about like, after your PhD? How did, how did your writing habits change? Yeah, after my PhD, I, so I started to work as a part-time researcher at TU Delft and uh, as a assistant professor at Universidad San Francisco de Quito. Um, the the part-time research role or postdoc role um, really required me to wrap up small projects in a short amount of time. And the, the assistant professorship there, I started with a very heavy teaching load. So I started teaching three courses per semester. So my very first years, it's easy to let teaching crowd out all the writing time, but I also knew that I, I had to do the writing if ever I wanted to advance in, in my academic career. So I, I made those two things, developing courses and writing, really my, my main focus during those years. And how then translated into practice is that I would try to write first thing in the morning, um, and that's in the years before I had my daughter, most of the time I wrote from home, actually, before I got to the office and before uh, students would see me and, and drop by to ask questions. Um, so I sort of set aside the time, isolated myself, and I also knew I, I wouldn't, I, I would have to get some writing done in one hour or an hour and a half, because after that, my student would expect me to be in my office and be available. Also, over time, as I, I got more courses developed, it took me less time to prepare for my courses. And as I was publishing more, I also could ask for a reduction of teaching load to do more research. Um, so the beginning was, was difficult because you have to develop all those courses and write because it's the publications that will get you course reduction. Um, that just required a lot of focus on just two things. Uh, the habits that you developed during that time are very different when compared to what I was talking about with the master's thesis and what you were saying with the PhD thesis in that, you know, you would isolate yourself in the morning to really dedicate that time to writing for, for publication. And I guess that also reflects the fact that one cannot write for an entire day. If you expect to be writing for eight hours a day, unless you have some superhuman writing powers, I think that's a, a very high expectation. So that's also why I say one hour, an hour and a half, I think maximum two hours is kind of my sweet spot of, uh, of writing time, of really focused writing time. I could still get in some words after that, but my attention starts to drop down. Absolutely. It is, it's a strenuous uh, activity and you really have to take those breaks. And, and uh, how about um, during uh, or after you had your, your, your child, your daughter, how did, uh, how did writing change then? Yeah, so then the option of writing from home uh, with, a, with a crying baby or laughing baby for that matter was not a good option anymore. 
So uh, the first year after after I came back from my maternity leave, I, I had 12 weeks of maternity leave. And after that, I actually worked six hours per day, which is um type of partial leave that you get in Ecuador that is actually uh, is, is called breastfeeding leave. So the idea is that you can work a short day and then... Uh, be home to to nurse uh, the baby and at that time i focused on just trying to dedicate the first hour or two hours of the day for writing that went quite okay because the, the first year of returning after maternity leave was hard anyway i mean there's a the constant fatigue from waking up a lot at night and just you know adjusting to a new life so at that time sometimes I was frustrated about my slow progress but looking back on it I'm just like yeah well what did you expect it's a baby year it's it's not the year to you know a year to keep floating along and and that's what I did just keep floating along would get back home around 2 or 2 30 p.m and then sometimes nap with the baby or play with her and not write anymore um, I think that goes to the point of, you know, you have to set goals, but you also have to be realistic about your expectations for yourself. That you're coming back from maternity leave, I think uh, it's to be expected that, of course, you're not going to be as productive. You know, your life has changed dramatically. And so I think that goes, uh, that rings true, even when the changes aren't as drastic. And so let yourself off the hook sometimes, you know, you can't always be as uh, productive as you want to be. Yeah, and the, the sleep deprivation is... Is rough. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I can imagine. And and some babies are some are very good sleepers, but mine was not a good sleeper <laughs> until very recently. So it's it's just what it is. You have to make do. Yeah, that's how it goes. Um, all right. So if we could finish off, what would you give as your best tips for writing? Yeah, I think that the first one is, and that's also in line with what I've said that I've learned over the years, is to to know when is a good time for you to ride. And, and put it on your schedule. Um, for me right right now, that is in the early mornings before my daughter wakes up. So I'm, I'm back to, uh, to, to having a designated writing block in the very early morning. Um, for some people that maybe, you know, at 10, 10 a.m., if, if you are not really a morning person and, and your body needs a few hours to uh, to wake up and to get, get up to speed, then that can be your best time. Or for other people, it may be then early afternoon or late afternoon. It just depends on, on yourself and um, try and take advantage of that, of your optimal time and know that you also, as, as we said before, know that you can't write the entire day. Just try to find your sweet spot there and and take advantage of that time, which then ties into my second tip, so to say, is to be consistent, especially if you get to the point of writing a PhD thesis. Of course, we've all heard about that PhD student who wrote his entire thesis in three weeks or six weeks or another crazy short amount of time. And those are exceptions. For most of us, it's a matter of just what you said, Rico, about your your experience during your master thesis of having little steps of progress every day and getting there step by step, bit by bit. And then with respect to more the early career stage as you will be juggling more papers at the same time. What I started to do in my tenure track years was to have a an overview of my different writing projects and, and know 
what I would have going on at the same time when I would expect the comments of the reviewers to come in and when I would have to include that time for developing a new version of the paper, as well as to just have you know, my eggs in different baskets, papers that I'm just setting up, that I still need to do some of the conceptual research work, uh, papers that are in a more advanced stage and some that are in review, etc. So to, to start diversifying that you're writing at that point. And along the same lines, as you start to diversify your writing, you, you will be working with co-authors. And at that point, it's, it's also important to, to talk with them about realistic timelines. It's, if you are the co-author who doesn't respond to the first author in months, then it just doesn't make the collaboration very, very agreeable. So I, I think it's good if you, if you take on these writing projects that you talk about your planning and your timeline together so that it doesn't stay on the back burner forever. So I think that's a really good advice for anybody nearing that part of their PhD and even thinking about their career afterwards. I think uh, important to keep these things in mind when thinking about your writing habits and uh, when sitting down to write. Thank you for listening to the 11th episode of the PhD Talk podcast in which we talked about writing habits at different stages in uh, the academic life from the master thesis experience of Rico to my PhD experience of writing to what I was doing during my tenure track years, as well as what I'm currently doing, as well as our best advice. Hope you enjoyed today's episode and that you've learned a lot from it. And I hope you'll join us next time for more on PhD Live and Research Mechanics.